Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kuninagel podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Vollmer, Vice President of Global Sea Logistics Customer Engagement and Events at Kuninagel. You and I are about to embark on an exciting journey through the world of sea freight. I've been fortunate enough to have a front row seat to this industry's ups and downs over the past two decades. Now it's my pleasure to bring to you the latest developments, innovations, and solutions in this dynamic industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just curious about logistics, get ready for enlightening conversations and expert insights in our latest episode. Let's dive into the fascinating world of sea freight together and welcome our latest guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our latest podcast episode on Kuninagel's Shipping Insights podcast series. I'm your host, Sarah Fulmer, and today we are recording from an amazing location. We are here in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, as we are taking part in the Ocean Race events. My guest, he has been on with me before, so I'm so happy he's back again to be interviewed, hopefully not so painful, and it's Boris Herman. Boris, say hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So... Ocean race. Tell me about this. Yeah, the ocean race is a race, uh, a team sailing event. Uh, there are five sailors on each boat, and we uh, we sail around the world in five in seven stages: Europe, uh, through the Atlantic, around Antarctica, and then um, stopping now in Newport uh, before we head back to Europe. Have you been to Newport before? I have been here in 2014, I think. It was another big sailboat that we brought over here from Europe uh, to be then uh, in stand. We were here in standby for a few days or weeks and did the Newport Bermuda record. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure if we're still holding this record, to be honest. <gasps> you don't know? No, some other people have, might have tried, but I didn't. I would have to check. There's a there's a official list, the World Record Racing Council. Uh, everyone can Google that. You go on the list, you find the, the, the records, and um, you can see uh, who has which record. Okay, so I'm going to Google that after yes. this, because now I'm really curious if you still hold the record. So tell me, I know, unfortunately, you weren't able to make this latest leg coming from Brazil to, to Newport here. But would you give us a little bit about what it was like, what it was like for your team? Did you encounter any challenges along the way? Did other boats encounter any challenges along the way and, uh, to come up here for this for this last leg? I mean, the whole uh, reason of being here is to challenge ourselves and to do this race. And it's full of challenges uh, every moment. Um, it is a competition. So we had a very close uh, racing uh, sports situation going on between uh, our team, Team Militia, and 11th Hour Racing. Um, Holt Sim, another strong competitor and overall race leader, unfortunately dropped out early in the leg near uh, Rio. They lost their rig. They lost their rig. Technical failure and the rig fell out of the boat. Oh. Uh, they will be back here in a few days, ready for the import race and then for the start. After a huge logistical effort, Kudenagel has been involved as well in that, transporting the boat from Rio to here on a dedicated cargo vessel. That oh. must have cost a lot. <laughs> and bringing over the mast from Europe, the new mast, and then a cargo plane. 
Holy uh, smokes. Also have been uh, quite a technical logistical challenge, but wow. it's all on track. The mass has arrived, the boat is on its way, and they uh, fit it all together in, in a few days. Then. Okay. All right. Now, I, I believe I read um, not too long ago in the Wall Street Journal about some seaweed that the, the team was encountering. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I saw this too. There were articles in some big uh, media outlets in the Wall Street Journal and in, uh, <clears throat> in some other quite big uh, newspapers. And um, yeah, we always have seaweed in the Atlantic, but normally not quite as much, or a little bit further north around Bermuda. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a seasonal thing and dependent on many factors. And science is not, you know, scientists never like very strong simplifying statements, but the statement we can assume, or the, the fact that we can assume, is that it's related to climate change. The oceans get warmer, there's more seaweed, and it turns out into a big problem in many places where this stuff uh, is swept onto the shore. Right. Miami beaches full of seaweed. Sometimes, I'm not sure if that happened this year, but there have been years where you could basically not enjoy the beaches anymore, and it's a big hassle for tourism in many Caribbean islands. Uh, the French... Uh, Islands there, for example, <clears throat> Guadeloupe, Martinique, etc. They do big um, spendings to go with lots of cranes and, and trucks onto the beaches to clear them up after all this seaweed comes. And then for our race, it's, it slows down the boat a bit, right. which is not the end of the world, but it, it, it frightens you if you see this up to the horizon seaweed everywhere. You see it very well on satellite pictures. Those pictures actually were the, the pictures in the, in the Wall Street Journal that you right, see. Right, So, but I mean, with that, right, of course, there's the, the environmental impact, right? The, the assumption that it's become larger and larger because of climate change and, and the ocean's warming. But then, you know, even just to even sail through, I mean, how do you even sail through that without completely damaging your boat? No, the seaweed, the sargasso, uh, it's, it's an algae effect. That's... Um, very soft. Oh, okay. It doesn't damage the boat at all. But it gets, it's, it it's bikes up at the rudders, for example, and you, they felt the boat slowed down. Um, it's not really a problem for us, but it's more like, um, yeah, we witness these changes over mm-hmm. the years. And uh, in like 10, 15 years of sailing career, we, uh, we get more and more confronted with that issue. And that's something we can actually observe out there. Right, right. So let's let's get into that right now. Let's talk a little bit more about that. So tell tell us about a race we a race we must win. So tell me about the, the purpose here of the team and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So we are a, a racing team, a sail racing team, um, set out to do the big offshore races, the Vendée Globe and the Ocean Race. Um, but we we want to do more than just the sport. We want to use the platform and the, its media attention it gets um, to talk about subjects that we are the most interested that we are most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, climate change being the main one, but then it's related to kind of our workplace or our playground, the ocean, right. and that connection is something we emphasize a lot. We are involved in scientific. Um, activities around it and collecting data, CO2 ocean data. Mm-hmm. And we use these things to in kind of, you know, to uh, for our educational program, um, tying it all together, the adventure, being out there in the ocean, seeing these things and 
being in contact with the scientists who scientists who um, help us understand what's going on uh, that makes um, a comprehensive educational uh, yeah story that we uh, tell in schools and uh, to yeah, to kids in um, quite a few countries now right right so i know you believe i think it was actually or it's actually today you do have a, a child or a, a children's event set up so how's that going and, and i believe your wife is a teacher no yeah my wife used to be a teacher for 10 years and okay then she joined the team full-time to manage, manage and, uh, and 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 uh, supervise this educational campaign and uh, the target group is uh, kids 10 to 12 8 to 14, and then it changes quite a bit by sure. countries or schools, mm -hmm. levels, cities, how mature kids actually are, or how curious they are in a specific thing. So um, uh, th that's why we can say 8 to 14, let's say. We created this educational book um, that, um, that we offer to schools, classes, and teachers, and they can, uh, it's kind of an open program that they can include in their, uh, in their activities, and open it, we think, is important because um, the teachers have their agenda set usually for the year, and sure. there's not yeah. so much spare time to just do interesting projects that come around the corner. Mm -hmm. So this is something they can really just do in a very gentle way. They can add that to, to that program or use that in a kind of versatile way for topics, subjects they want to work on anyway. Okay. And we we started that because we felt kids, yeah, felt them so connected and energized following this unique adventure of around the world sailing. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we started that when my wife was still at school herself and the kids got really excited over the periods of these races. And that's how it was born. And now um, it's pick, been picked up by our partners who also promote this uh, around their, their teams and employees for their kids. And then with Kuninaga, for example, um, the team in Brazil, uh, or some, some Kuninaga people in Brazil said, oh, we like this educational campaign. We're going to translate this into Portuguese for free for the team or like a volunteering activity. They did right. They did that, and so the same thing happened in Japan, I think. And in some cases, we engaged translators and um, yeah, trying to use it um, in, in, in many different places. And we have this now in 12 languages. Uh, and so everyone can go to the website, um, myoceanchallenge.org, and then you find the education kit in different languages. Also the contacts so or schools. If you are like parent of, of kids or something, yet yeah, don't hesitate to direct them there and uh, take contact with the team to bring that in there in, in your class, in your school class. Great. So once again, that was myoceanchallenge.org. Be sure to check it out. So where do you go after here, Boris? Because I mean, this is this is so exciting. And this, this really is around the world type thing. So what's next? What's your next stop? Um, this Sunday, 21st of May, we start from here to uh, Aarhus in Denmark. Mm -hmm. um, so we uh, have a yeah, transatlantic race on the shortest possible route. We pass uh, the uh, UK islands. Uh, we leave them to the right, to, the, to starboard. We, uh, we pass them to the north and then come uh, into the Strait of Denmark, Skagen, into the Baltic Sea and mm -hmm. uh, down to Aarhus. So how, do you, how are you preparing for this? What do you need to do this week here? Because we have a few days before the, the race actually starts. How do you prep? The team is preparing the boat, meaning they take the feedback from the last leg 
plus their own inspection results and um, tweak and repair or yeah, maintain certain systems on the boat. Then um, other parts of the team, they prepare our food, uh, our equipment, um, etc. So that's that's like the basic uh, preparation. And then um, we do weather studies for three, four days before the start with briefings where all the uh, sailors and part of the team join in uh, with uh, two uh, metrologists, one of them being Wouter Verbrack, who's actually an employee of Kühnenagel. During the race, we are not allowed for any outside assistance. So we, ah. we try to take as much input as possible before the start from people like him. Okay. Um, and then we calculate the best routes, the best possible routes, which we need to continue that job our, on our own. That's probably the biggest part of our preparation, our actual. And then the week is quite busy with uh, meeting our partners, their guests, uh, children like we did today, um, random people and fans, um, being out there for quite nice, uh, nice interventions that are like, you know, um, and then we have uh, two days of pro-am racing mm -hmm. and the also the the import race on Saturday. The import race actually counts for the overall race. Oh, it does! Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. The, the two days of pro am racing they are more like for us like a warm up, but also to give the chance to some people mm -hmm. uh, to yeah, experience this and uh, come on these speed runs. Very very cool. So when does the ocean race end again? And then what happens after that? Do you do you get to take a vacation? Do you do you ever stop? What happens? The ocean race ends first uh, of uh, July in January. We have the last import race, and um, it might be decisive for the overall result. Uh, we hope um, we hope that we are clear with points by then, because the, the, the seven stages plus all the import races they. We accumulate points. The okay. with the most points wins. And uh, if you have equal points, then the import race decides at the end. So we will see how that goes for us. We are hoping to be in um, one of the top positions. Um, then after that, we sail to Monaco. And um, early uh, July, we uh, do a little uh, team gathering there. Monaco has been our founding partner, the team's founding partner, and is um, still a partner of the team. A very important partner, also giving us the name Malizia, which is connected with the founding miss of Monaco. And uh, after that, the shore team will deliver the boat back to Lorient, our shore base, uh, okay. team base uh, in France, Brittany, that takes about 10 days of sailing. Um, and the sailors will all be off from the sailing. Um, not completely off because we have media engagement. We again see partners or do kind of try to develop the, the communication story that is basically ongoing from race to race. The mm -hmm. next race then is waiting for us in September, a shorter race in Brittany, and then in October, end of October, a big transatlantic double-handed race. Three more single-handed races um, possibly to do in the winter on early next year to New York, and then the Vendée Globe 24-25 in the winter for me to sail alone around, non-stop uh, non around. But of course, I do also some, some breaks in between. Right, right. Okay, well, it's it's going to be great, I think, with Vendée Globe and, and have Sea Explore out there. Unfortunately, during the last Vendée Globe is when the pandemic hit. So while you still did it, we weren't able to, to really engage. So we're looking forward to being able to have that and, and host some more in-person events at that time. Well, actually, the pandemic helped us massively. I mean, it is an ironical fact that um, the Vendée Globe shot through the roof and 
broke every record of like engagement and, and people's interests because many other sports couldn't happen and soccer stadiums were right. closed yep. uh, people were at home couldn't travel and we we kind of could provide a little bit the desire of kind of you know remote traveling uh, or traveling and voyages and, and uh, you know the, these things so mm -hmm. the dream of the adventure and bring that provide that to the to the sofas and, uh, and guests <laughs> and uh, home offices yes. of, of this world and this uh, this really uh, was a, a very specific phenomenon that happened during the pandemic. Okay, so my last question. On the transatlantic race, are you going to bring uh, Greta Thunberg over on Sea Explorer again? Um, no, I don't think so. No, would, oh, darn. Uh, she would need to do lots of um, medical training and uh, specific survival trainings, and I don't think she has time for all that. Um, but, of course, we uh, we would always invite her back on the boat. If she needed to go somewhere, we would see if uh, if we could help out. I think it was, you know, it was a singular story in 2019, bringing her over, and It did uh, fulfill its purpose in my eyes, uh, drawing attention to the issue of climate change. And um, she has certainly moved on uh, doing uh, her studies now, I believe, and other things. And um, ourselves also, we are, we are doing other things. But we, we are still in contact and uh, exchange every once in a while. And uh, she was wishing us good luck for this race. And uh, I believe she's following a little bit. Oh, that's great. Well, nothing but the best of luck to you and the team and to Sea Explorer. And we can't wait to see how the next legs turn out. So all the best. Good luck. We know you can do it. Um, and for more information, please, please check out our website as well. Uh, we actually have our original podcast with Boris posted. Um, and you can follow us and, and definitely check out some other things we have to say. Boris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with me today to have a chat. We really appreciate it. We know you're busy. Yes, thank you very much for having me. And yes, please uh, check out the website, the dedicated, uh, you still need just to say the URL of the website. What, myoceanchallenge.org? But there's also dedicated Korean Lager website. Oh, the team. Of course, there is. Uh, we have the landing page on our, our home website as well for Team Malizia and Sea Explorer, where you can also find a lot of great information there about the team um, and, of course, their very important mission and purpose here. As we're doing a podcast, I really like this format. We also started a podcast that we do on board. Oh, you do? Yeah. So it's, it's called uh, End of Watch. And yes. You can find it via our website and speaking about podcasts, and on your youtube channel right oh yes and speaking about podcasts there's also a um, new york based podcast called wind support wind support okay wind support you find that on google and they are speaking about everything uh, that has to do with cargo shipping and wind support so um hybrid propulsion and, and wind assisted propulsion that's uh, one of my key topics One of my favorite topics, and uh, they, the last episode is uh, speaking uh, with me about our engagement in this sector of wind cargo shipping. Oh, very cool. Okay, guys, there's lots of information to uh, to check out out there on your way to work or, or wherever. So please be sure to follow us, and it's a pleasure. And thank you, Boris. Till next time. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome.